Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What do you have on your head today? It's my white hat. You like it? Why are you wearing a white hat, bro? Because we're going to talk about SEO and I'm a white hat. Oh, well, I guess that means I have to... You are wearing black. I know, and I have had the black hat on before, so we'll talk about that a little more. But yeah, uh, getting ready to have a little discussion about something that a lot of people think they know a lot about and very few people do. Like Kleenexes? Yeah, I don't want to point out for those that aren't able to <laughs> see what's going on right now. Matt is actually wearing a white Kleenex on his head. That's all I had for a hat. <laughs> That's yeah, all I got. You seem pretty adamant about having your white hat on. You know, before we get too far into this, I think we should uh, uh, go ahead and say that you know this is in many ways SEO for dummies. Um, we're not going to have enough time to get into some of the really deep and sometimes dirty secrets, but instead probably start more so from a basic foundation of what you should be doing. And, you know, first off, we can define SEO as the process of affecting the online visibility of a website or a web page's ranking and unpaid results. What's the difference between unpaid results and paid results, Matt? The paid which one's paid? You mean the ones that say ad yeah, on Google? Yeah, the ads. Yep. Okay, that would make sense. So, well, I mean, overall, um, I think when it comes to SEO, your site either has it or it doesn't. You got any opening comments here? Um, you know, I've been doing online marketing, digital marketing, SEO-related stuff for like 15 years. So, um, done a lot of this, know a lot about it. Yeah, I've done quite a bit too. And, you know, as we kind of get through the episode, I'll share some of the ups and downs that... I've been through, but you know, I'm excited to learn all about your mistakes. Oh my God. You know, um, I guess we should go ahead and let people know that you did actually start reading my book. I did. Yeah. I read half of it. Yeah. Cause I made you cause I got tired of telling you, okay, dude, look, page 76. I'm going to make my son read the last half as punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the be- you read the, you read the, uh, the more exciting part. I'm going to have at the current pace that our new business is on, I'm going to have to rewrite the damn book here anyway so i had to re- at least read the chapter about cebu city yeah you mean cebu yeah <laughs> gotcha you catching me on that one for too long what so. yeah you said cebu yeah cebu yeah there you go we got Sorry. it right so anyway um with seo you have a couple different approaches i mean there's a generalized approach but you know as we came into the episode we started talking about white hat and black hat what's the difference man You know, at Stackify, we do things very white hat. We just produce really good content. We try to optimize the content for the keywords, but we don't do anything too crazy or spammy or manipulative. Uh, We just try and produce good content. Okay. And there's a little more to white hat than just good content. Yeah. Like, I mean, white hat SEO is defined as things that aren't truly attempting to game the system right. as as google will often refer to it you know google I, I don't even know if the guy's still there but you know they had a guy named matt cuts who mm-hmm. was yep uh, is he still there yeah i don't know if i don't know not. but i've 
read like blog posts or things from him. There. Yeah, he was kind of like their uh, unofficial spokesperson on Google changes and algorithm updates and stuff like that. And he used to use that term a lot. And, you know, game the system would be, you know, a- anytime you have something like an algorithm, there's, you know, things that might satisfy it at at any given time more so than, you know, other stuff. And, you well, know, as some, so some examples of that were like keyword stuffing, right? right? Like you'd put all these different keywords, like at the bottom of a page. For and that no was like, a, that was like a 10 years ago. Yeah. Thing. For no reason whatsoever. You would just randomly throw all these quick keywords or people used to put extra text on a page and then hide it. Yeah. Like you couldn't actually like, see like it. white text yeah. on white background. But it was there right. or just using the same keywords over and over and over or a lot of duplicate content that was no different than another page, except for a couple words were different. And we're going to talk all about that here in a bit. So, there, I mean, th- those are some of the more black hat kind of things, or getting links from really spammy places. Sure. So, since I'm wearing the black hat today, I'll, I'll define black hat as... You're not the, wearing a black Kleenex. I'm not, and I'm also not wearing a hat. But if I did have a black hat, I would probably have it on, and I might be the best of the two to represent this, because... As we talk about, you know, I'm I'm still saving this for later. Maybe I'm hyping it up a little because I did kind of go through some Google penalty stuff. But so Black Hat SEO or things that game the system, it's trying to understand that certain actions or inputs will um, result in a a more favorable or improved ranking with Google. So, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just get right into it. So... As you know, I had a little bit of experience with the Google penalty, which I documented in my book. You were like a black penguin, right? No, not quite. Did I did you make get, a penguin hat. I, I did get killed by a penguin and a panda, but we'll get into that. So, oh, this was 2011, 2012-ish, or somewhere in that ballpark. But you know, I had just uh, um, I I started my business that I tell the story of in Million Dollar Bedroom. And as we started, you know, that was a business that bought and sold tickets. And as that started to grow, I started building websites that also uh, acted as marketplaces for selling uh, tickets. For selling tickets. So basically, when someone found one of my sites and made a purchase, um, the order would pass right through the site and go to the person that held the tickets. And we would, you know, keep about 12% of it. So anyway, the more traffic, the more sales. So as we started kind of moving forward, I was doing a lot of... It started with with blog publication. And um, we realized pretty quickly that at the time, uh, Google had this algorithm that they called caffeine. And it was really rewarding new content. So if you were the first person to come out with content, then you would oftentimes have the top rank and hold it. And blogs were the easiest way to do that. So when you publish a blog, it uh, you can set it up to do some go through a service called Pingomatic that notifies search engines that there's something new. So since we were in the event business, an example would be if a new tour or uh, shows were announced, we could quickly publish blogs that were related, you know, Taylor Swift, Kansas City tickets. Uh, and that pinging of the blog would result in a favorable um, result and, and Google search. And, you know, since we had our online army over in, in Cebu at the time, we were publishing a lot of blogs. Mm-hmm. Well, as that kind of progressed, we started to realize and really figure out the things that were satisfying this algorithm. And rather than create new blog articles, we were adding tags in WordPress that basically created the exact same page with a different URL. And at the time, uh, Google didn't have a hatred for a duplicate penalty. 
or excuse me, duplicate content. You could probably say duplicate penalty because that's how it resulted. So anyway, um, I'm on vacation with my wife and our, and, uh, uh, well, she wasn't my wife at the time. It was my girlfriend. still, but you know, we got married later. So I guess you can still say my wife, but up to that point, we had been getting anywhere between seven and 10,000 visits a day. And we were making a, I don't know, 1500 bucks a day in affiliate type revenue and everything was going great. And here we are halfway through a vacation in St. Thomas. And all of a sudden I noticed my sales are going away. And, uh, by the time we, the vacation was over, my traffic chart on Google analytics looked like Enron stock. I mean, it was like, you know, for those of you that followed Enron, you know, that company was worth what couple billions and yeah. then nothing in mm-hmm. 10 days later. And that's exactly what my traffic looked like. And I said, Oh shit, this is a huge problem. I had no idea what it was. Travel back to the United States. And basically, um, at that point, and, and man, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's funny cause it's been so long ago. I forget, but I think that was what Google called their Panda update, which, and, and they called it Panda because the, uh, the person at Google that was the developer, the, his nickname was the Panda. Okay. So that's where the name came from. But what it did was it, it discouraged duplicate content. Well, um, you want to talk about blackout and being egregious. We had 1.5 million blog articles okay. on the back of our website. And it was pretty much the textbook definition of duplicate content. And it worked. It worked. It worked, it, worked, like it worked for over like almost a year and a half. And so now when on top of that, we were also doing something else that a another, you want to talk about a dead horse. Well, we were doing two different things. We were also kind of gaming the system for linking. And uh, there was this uh, service at the time called Paul and Angela links, and they would let you create links. Uh, They would give you a list of of, uh, sites that you could create a profile on. And in the bio section, you could create a link or five of them. So we, for example, the, the, probably the one that was the most interesting was Justin Bieber tickets. Yep. And we were number one for that search term. The kid wasn't even on tour and we were getting like 800 visits a day. Like I had a legitimate concern. If he announced a tour, it would just crash my site for like two weeks. Did you ever get the advantage of that? No, no. But we had done that through a number of different things. So then a, a subsequent update came out shortly after that. They called that penguin. And it was related to, you know, kind of spammy link usage and stuff like that. So, you know, those Google basically, it's a cat and mouse game with a lot of people now killed your, killed your business. Yeah. And you know what? Like I didn't kill it, but I mean, it was, well, I made a lot of money uh, up to that. I mean, we did well, it wasn't always like 1500 bucks a day, but it was a sickening feeling when it when it happened mm-hmm. and neither, none of the websites affected ever recovered. Like it was almost like Google puts a tag on you and I was never able to get any of them to do well. Um, they did still get a little bit of traffic that came from like Yahoo and other places that didn't seem to affect it. But later, you know, those search engines modeled what they did against Google and right. it kind of affected them too. So, you know, in the end, like, you know, Google is smarter than all of us. And they figure it out. So, you know, there's two ways. There's a, big, to, there's a big business in gaming it, figuring it out, right? Like if you can make $1,500 a day, yeah. that's a lot of money. Yeah, we made and a co- the I difference mean, between being first, second, third, fourth, fifth place could be the difference of being in business or not being in business. Yeah, we made it. And I won't give the exact amount, but it was, it was, it was enough to make me not want to jump off the roof. 
but at the same time, you know, it, it definitely sent us reeling. Um, the only way I ended up recovering from that later was we found other ways. And this is kind of like an alternate method of, of SEO in, in many ways. We just used alternative sites. So we're posting ads online and they showed up in, yeah. in Google. So we were like so. using Craigslist. No, Backpage. Backpage. Which is, which is known for, you know, we actually got some satisfaction out of gaming Backpage because they're such a sleazy joint, you know. But anyway, uh, we did that for about three years after that. So overall, like there was a lot of, there's a lot of money to be made in SEO and after that quit working, we just kind of gave up because it was a lot of work to always find the new thing and ramp it up. So, Quitter. Yeah, well, we had other ventures that were doing well. But I've never quit on SEO. Well, I'm like 15 years in. I'm not quitting. But that's the beauty of it, though. I'm not giving up. And, you know, I learned my lesson on that, Matt. And uh, the white hat approach is the long-term outlook. And I, and I like to say in life, don't sacrifice the long-term on the altar of the immediate. Well, I definitely did for those sites. We did okay with it, but I was never really able to get them to bounce back. I mean, so. these days, um, a brand new website, like full scale, like yeah. our new site, like it's going to take a while for it to get some domain authority and sure. stuff like that. And we got to slowly build up the content and build links to it. It's a long game. It is. And, you know, even, and, and now look, no one knows what Google's algorithm really covers. You get some ideas about certain things that, are affected by it and whatever. But in the end, don't let anybody tell you that they they know Google's algorithm because Google knows Google's algorithm, not anyone else. I don't but, even think they know at this point. Well, it's, it's too complicated. It's it's, it's apparently composed uh, comprised of you know hundreds of points and it's you know thousands like things, of different rules. Yeah, and and one of the things too is that new website. Like so, you know, those are some of the things that that can affect it. But overall, you know, let's talk for a second about some of the basic things that you can do that make your website, even if it's new, regardless of where or what is pointing to it or linking to it. Yeah, actually, you know what? Let's back up for a second because you mentioned something about domain authority. Yeah. So was it Sergey Brin and Larry Page? Is that Google's founders? Yes. So they used to use a term called page rank. Yes. Where they don't refer to that. It, people thought it was the actual pages ranking. It was actually pages ranking. Yeah, it was sort of like the domain authority sort of. Right. But it was like a one to ten number. Yeah. And I remember there was a like a, a browser plugin that you could use. Yeah. And you'd go to a page and it would tell you it was yeah, a five yeah. oh, or yeah. a six yeah. or it was a seven or whatever it was. Now, the, 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 that was... Com- and that's gone. Yeah, well, it's because it's not. It wasn't really. Uh, it was a little deceptive in its in its name, not intentionally. But you know, uh, Bren and Page were research scientists, so when they were creating Google, they had to figure out like what's going to make stuff rank mm-hmm. more than anything else. So in their in their academic training, um, you know, when citations were given for certain types of work, that. So that's how they came up with that. Yeah, and that's where, links. and that's where the links in, and that has a lot to do. And when we say a link in, you know, that means like if Stackify and Gigabook are both linked to FullScale, then that's a, that's an acknowledgement, right? And then the words that are used specifically in those links right. are known as anchor links, and that's also going to have a determining factor. So that's some of the stuff that'll determine domain authority. But what about the rest well, of the stuff? So, so domain authority, real quick, is usually a term that's used now that comes from uh, Moz, Moz's um, ranking systems. You'll that's, see DA everywhere. That's Moz.org. M-O, uh, it's .com. Is they have it? Open Site Explorer. Yeah. Is there... Uh, free tool that you can use a little bit. So you can put it in your site there and it'll tell you if you're a 30 or a 40 or a 50 or whatever it is. Like I think Stackify is like a 51 or something like that, which is pretty 
right. pretty good. That would have been that would have been like a page rank five, maybe even higher, or possible. But yeah, they're and the way that algorithm works, I think, is every number it goes up, it's actually like uh, ten times more. Yeah, so it's very difficult to go. Yeah, up yeah, one yeah, number yeah, yeah. And and that was and so the the more authority a site had that pointed back at you, the more of that kind of transferred over. And then I mean, there was just so many complex things. Like even the page that it was on, if it had a hundred links going out, then it watered down that that recommendation. And there were a lot of theories around how that link juice yeah. was oh, passed, yeah. right? And, <laughs> uh, oh wow, that's a term I haven't that, heard in a while. I, I don't know that anybody cares about any of that anymore or any of that matters anymore so yeah and there's even ways that you know now they have an attribute in links called no follow right sure that will basically re- it sucks all the link juice out of out well, of it's, it and it's hard to know if it really does or doesn't yeah nobody really knows yeah so you know there you know all that stuff it's a little more of an advanced discussion but overall there are some really basic things that if you're not doing you're just killing yourself. Like, so, so let's start with the page title. Why is that so important? Well, what is a page title? So that is the title tag and the HTML that's in the head. Uh, you know, when you use WordPress or something like that, usually when you type in the title, that becomes uh, the title, or you can use plugins on WordPress to change the titles, stuff like that. So why is that important? Well, that's you in, an off, in, in, in a way that's not seen from the browser perspective, that's you, that's you or a developer, whoever telling search engine what's on the page. So it's one of the most important places to use the keywords you're yeah. trying to target. Yep. And you want to potentially use those as like the first word. So like yeah. we use it like, you know, .NET logging or something like that. Like yeah. we want that to be the first words, but there's put, another put the money up front. Yeah. But there's another thing about the title that's super, super critical that, I mean, you just said, oh, you don't see it on the page, but it's actually probably the most important thing. You know why? Tell me. It's what people see in the Google search results. Yes, yes, and that is exactly true. So when I do a search for whatever it is on Google, if the thing I'm reading are the page titles. So whichever one jumps off the page at me and screams, this answers my question, because the page title is is also kind of convincing. Yep. It's really important. I've always looked at the page title as simple math as well, because I think a lot of people, first off, they put junk words up front and then they they try to get greedy and they put too much stuff in there. Like you can think of your page title as like a percentage. Like if your keywords are um, appointment software and your page title says appointment software for small businesses, X percent of that is keyword related. Like mm-hmm. say for that's half, half of it. It's keyword related. Now, if you say appointment software for small businesses, dog groomers, kite flyers, and people that love uh, sea animals, that if the two pages are compared to each other, that's a lower keyword density, meaning like that page title is a little more watered down. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I've always found it to be a little more effective. But yeah, if your page isn't titled uh, accordingly, you know, that's the thing. Most importantly, it's what the user sees like yes. when they what are they going to click on it's yep. got to be convincing and answer their question right but if if you don't have your keywords in your page title yeah. you're not you're well not, it should, you're it, never should match, it should match whatever they search yeah. for if i search for new york city hotel right. i sh- should come back up and talk about new york city hotels or something yeah if that's what i'm looking for so over the years i've done quite a bit of consulting for businesses that were trying to figure out what was wrong with their stuff and i think one of the mistakes that um, people make is they assume that a web designer or developer is also great at SEO. And you'll go to look at people's websites and they just, they'll have terrible names 
terrible page right. titles. So that's one of the first things to to re, to resolve or refine. But with that, there's another component: the uh, page description. Why is that important, Matt? For the same exact reason, it's what you see on the Google search results. Mm. So I should put relevant stuff about yeah, the page on there. It's too. better convince me to click. Right. So basically, the page description is your chance to kind of have like two or like a couple sentences that are related to what it is. Now, uh, you shouldn't be stuffing keywords into either. You shouldn't be like, no, this is for the humans to read. Yes. Yes. And it still has to be relevant and they'll still be that, found. That's the, that's the struggle with all this is you want to work, you want to work your keywords into the title and the description, but the reader of this is a human ultimately that is looking at that to determine what they're going to click on. Right. And, you know, another thing too, is the actual URL or often referred to as the slug. Yes. And, and, you know, these are all things that should have keywords in them. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's lots of things that have said, okay, if the uh, domain name has the keywords in mm-hmm. it or the URL has some of that, it's kind of hard to know how much of an impact it has, but it doesn't hurt. Well, it, right? I remember five years ago, the, like they, the, Keywords being in the domain was really important. And then they gave a, da- a downgrade to exact match domains. Right. Because people pe- were just buying them. They were buying them for that exact search but, term. But I'm whatever. a huge fan of having uh, URLs that are descriptive because mm-hmm. when you're looking at the URL, yeah. you can kind of see, oh, this is the blog post about whatever it is. And, and instead of it just being, you know, stackfy.com slash one, two, three, four, five, you don't know what the hell it is. But if yeah. it's slash net dash logging dash not you know whatever we got an idea of okay this is the kind of the subject I'm looking at so past that that first uh, those first meat and potatoes on the plate there's a lot of other things on your page that the search engines can look at too like for example you might include images or have images included um, that are either part of your page template or the article itself and there's a key component of those called the alt description and that is. Uh, it's the text you see when you mouse over the image, or I think screen readers use it. It's also uh, it's also your description like that. Okay, if you uh, go to, look, we'll use appointment software again. If you want to do an image search, that's right. where they're going to draw a lot of it. But these are also key components of a search engine's ability to view your page. And that'll even come down, in my opinion, that even comes down to things like how you name it. Like, do you want to have, names of the do you want to have like AJ496-4321.jpg or would it be better to name your image appointment software and have an alt tag that said the same thing? So, you know, when you're thinking like a search engine, like I recommend in my book, um, you're going to find that these are little components and little things that can help. I mean, they, they're certainly not going to hurt. Um, and, then, you know, now as far as content marketing goes, that's something you've really... Um, you know, become an expert out and, you know, we both have found success with it, but let's talk a little bit about what it, about the actual article itself. Yeah. I always say when people go to Google and they do a search on Google, they're basically asking a question, right? And whoever has the best answer inevitably should win. They should, they, they should rank number one. And so I always feel like in our content marketing that we do, we need to do a really good job of trying to answer the question better than anybody else. Um, and some of that you do through the length of the article too. Yep. Some of it's, it's, you know, being in depth, really covering the article really well, making sure it has pictures or videos or headings. It's easy to read. It's easy Links to, to other references. And, and yeah. part of the, part of the, the way that you rank really well is, is people sharing the article, linking to it, 
But if, but if I'm searching for a topic and I click through and read like the first five results, and then I pick one of those that I use like as a citation, whichever one keeps getting all the citations eventually gets all the backlinks. Yep. Yep. And that's back to that good old like footnote kind of thing from you know, yep. page and brand in the beginning. And really in the end, those links are really, are really the juice that kind of keeps things going. And what, what's weird about SEO is, as we've mentioned, there's, there's a lot of little things that you can do. Like do you put your keyword in the description or in the, the tags, which things don't really use much anymore, or the URL itself or the domain or the each heading, the headings on the page or the alt tags, like potentially you can try and put your keyword in every one of these places. But sometimes things just rank anyways, doesn't even matter. But like those things are like, well, some of the, some of the, it's hard to know how much of a difference they make, but if you're trying to perfect everything, then you try and do every one of those little details. It's not, it's hard to outrank domains that are clearly authoritative in Google's view. And that's, and that's the way Stackify has got, like we can post something and we usually rank on the first page or two right off the bat. We're like full scale. We just brand new website. We publish something. We're probably not in the top hundred still. Like no, it's just going to take time to build authority. Right, right. And, and you know, back to that whole thing of a new domain, the reason that Google doesn't like new domains is because people would buy them, abuse them, right, and then toss them off to the side. Right, because we could have set it up, loaded up a thousand blog posts of just junk and spam. And and so, yeah, it's all, it's all back to that authority and all the links. And it just takes time. It's a long game, as you said earlier. So there's some other things too. And now keep in mind, um, Google isn't just concerned about your content. They're also really into the user experience. So mm-hmm. they want to, you know, some of the, they're going to look at uh, a lot of stuff on your pages or your blogs or whatever you're publishing. And there's some key components. Like, for example, uh, if you have a really, if your website's really slow and the page loads really slow, like you ever go to click a link and then the page doesn't open fast. So you just click back and go find another one. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if I was ordering pizza tonight and I clicked on Pizza's website and it took more than a couple of seconds to load, I would just, okay, screw that. I'm going to Domino's. Yeah. No, I hear you. And that's, that's part of that user experience thing. So with that, you know, and this is, this number is increasing. I would imagine at this point, more people are looking on mobile devices than, Mm -hmm. than not. And it was 50, 50 for a while. When you get studies, you get studies from places like Amazon and Google both that say, the faster the internet, the faster the pages load, the more people buy, the more ads that are you know, shown, right. You're instead of doing six clicks, you did seven or you did eight because you <laughs> and, had more time. And as much as Google loves your user experience, they love their revenue. They want even more, more and, they, and they get it. So they're looking at, you know, the more, that's why they say they did Google fiber here, right? It's one of the reasons it was to do what faster internet. Sure. More sure. traffic. Yeah. More ads. Yep. And they had a lot of other reasons too, because it, because they push a lot of their other stuff. Like for example, YouTube's owned by Google. Right. And if you can't, if you're sitting there waiting for 10 minutes for video to load, right. you're not going to watch you it. You're certainly not video ad on YouTube. Video. Right. Um, so, you know, it, An- another example we were talking about though, is like, uh, HTTPS, not everything going secure. Right. If your website's not fast, if it's not secure, yep. you're going to get dinged when you get that. Uh, and, and if it's not mobile friendly and plus Google, stop you and they'll say, you're going to a site that might not be secure. Like who really passes through that a lot? So we, like we use at Stackify, we use a plugin that makes our site work for AMP. Yeah. I was going to mention um, that. And it, that's something that, what does AMP stand for? I, I'm accelerated not sure. mobile, mobile page. Yeah. I think that is. Think. A, yeah. Yeah. And that, and those are, uh, so, you know, I remember five, five years ago when we first started building Gigabook after about a year of it, you know, uh, John Berman, who's, was my co-founder at the time, um, said, man, we really need to just build this to be responsive, you know, and it's, this seems like something that's 
pretty much inclusive in all sites. But even four years ago, we were having there were sites that would say things like, "Hey, do you want to go to our mobile site?" And you know now, uh, but this is a, an important uh, ingredient in in your site. It needs to be mobile friendly, meaning your pages need to be responsive. Responsive is you know defined as pages that are adjusting themselves to whatever size they're you know, whatever size sure. viewing device they're on. And, and AMP kind of takes that to the extreme. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's designed for like your phone really more, than, right. not a tablet or it's really designed for your phone and to be just really super fast. Yeah. And, and you know, the responsive web page Responsive is, is more like, do you have a big computer or a small computer or a app or even tablet? Like a, even like a mobile or, screen though, it's still yeah, like... Yes, yeah. essentially and, even... And that's just, that's just described as you basically have a small, medium and large yeah, version. It's kind of adaptive. Yeah. And, yep. and, and, it, and that was a little trickier, like three years ago, pretty much most, most templates and things are responsive now. But if you happen to have an old website and you haven't updated it for a while, uh, if you're not responsive or mobile friendly, uh, good luck. Um, you know, a lot of people just think that, you know, poorly written content or keyword stuffing, we kind of mentioned that earlier, like you can't just say appointment software, appointment software, appointment software, appointment software is great for your business. Like they, they figure that out pretty quick. That's called keyword density. That's mm-hmm. the percentage of your page that are the keywords. But you know what? Weirdly enough, I've had pages rank for Stackify, rank in the top five that didn't even have the keyword in it that people were searching for. You know, the other day I looked... Isn't I, that weird? It was, I was looking for the... Uh, actually, I was looking for the full-scale website to see it, if Google was even ranking us yet. And, you know, it's still pretty new. So I was kind of checking out the stuff that you were. And I had uh, typed in full-scale enterprises. And then I noticed that in the part that showed the page description, it had also highlighted business and consultants and a couple other things. So it was, ma- it was, it, right. you know, Google associates, that's probably what happened with the article you're looking at. It, it'll, it makes assumptions well, I, and associations I, for certain things. I'll never forget. I had this article and it was about uh, the things that developers do versus people in IT operations do. And it was sort of like a checklist and um, it, it, it never seemed like it really ranked it very well for anything. But then one day I was looking through some different reporting and, I, and it showed that it really ranked really well for the, the phrase DevOps tasks. Hmm. It didn't even have the word tasks in the article. Hmm. And that's why you have to look at like Google Search Console and different reports like that. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's what people are searching for. And Google figured out that this answers the question better than anybody else, even though I didn't use that terminology. So I went back and I changed the topic and the heading and I added the word tasks and stuff like that to the article in a few places, not so stuffing you, you, it. You were fine-tuning your own SEO. Yeah, and now it ranks like number one or two. And that's and that's an important thing to do because, you know, especially if you have pages that have been out there for a while, you can always, you know, one of the things that you told me you guys do at Sacrify that I, when you told me, I was like, wow, I should be doing more of that, is you go back and look at some of your blog articles that are performing well and then make the you improve the content even right. more. Like yeah. maybe you'll add to it or update it or, or do whatever. And you know, that's, that's a, that's a, an important thing related to analytics. Now, well, like example earlier, we were talking about titles and I went through this the other day and I found some articles that's like, we rank like second or third. It's like, but our click through rate is low. Like, well, okay, we rank second, but our click through rate is only 5%. Our click through rate should be way higher. Do we need to change the title? Do we need to change the description? Well, what's uh, let's define click through rate CTR. Yeah. Well, what is that? Click through rate. The click through rate. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, click through rate on the gonna, Google search results. It's going to be right. 
um, so that's the percentage of people that are exposed to your link that actually come and visit you. And, but, and in but, some regards, even on another level, it can be people that don't bounce off your page. Well, usually the if you're ranked number one on Google, you're usually going to get like 30% of the clicks. It can be much higher. It can be 50, 60, 70%. Mm-hmm. We have some stuff like that. Right? Yeah. We rank number one and we get some like every click. But then it tails off, you know, second place is 20% right. and 10% or whatever. If you're so, not first, you're last, man. Yeah. I it think, it falls really, off pretty That's really fast. true when it comes to For search. certain topics, it yeah. falls off very fast. And, well, the reason for that is a lot of people, once they they find what they need, they're done. If it answers the question, they're done. Or, or, now, if, or if it has the product they want to buy. That's now, why if they're researching something, they're probably digging a lot more and they're going to sure. start on lots of things and whatever. I'm not that person. But if I'm looking for like New York City subway map, if number one answers the question, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Well, you know, we keep talking about Google, but there are certainly more things that people do searches on than Google. Uh, did you know that the number two search engine on the internet is YouTube? Looking up videos of sneakers and cars. <laughs> Wait, you saying and like unboxing stuff? No, that was and that marbles. Was, that was more like uh, Urban Necessities webs or YouTube channel where you know we used to unbox sneakers and do Miley stuff, Cyrus videos. That's more what I'm looking yeah, for. Um, but so, but that's a search engine. It Anything is. that people are entering terms into and clicking search is a search engine. So while you can be completely fascinated with Google, just google.com, there are a lot of other things that you can work at and you can, and you know, here's the thing, while you might not be able to rank number one on google.com for a specific set of keywords, you might be able to make a cool video and put it on YouTube and dominate. And then that'll show up in the Google results too. Yeah. And it does. does. And it all counts. Now, you know, the number three position here is one that I think a lot of people don't consider. And it is actually my favorite search engine. It's Amazon. I thought you were going to say Pornhub. No, no. Can you? Yeah, I guess you can probably search on that. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but I'm in, just kidding. In regards to, in, <laughs> you, you want to know why I like Amazon as a search engine more than anything else? Because it's people that are searching that are ready to buy. They're buyers. They're, They're buyers. They're not tire kickers. They're yeah. there to buy now. I'm in Best Buy and I'm not going to buy shit when I'm there, but I'm going to find it on Amazon. But sometimes I do that while I'm in Best yeah, Buy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you go to Best Buy, right? It's uh, According to a lot of people, yeah, yes. That's it why is. I go there. Yeah. So... Um, but you know, Amazon's a really effective search engine. It's got, uh, you know, I, I actually, um, <laughs> learned a lot about, about the Amazon search engine when my books came out mm-hmm. and, uh, maybe I'll share those later or we'll have Andrew Morgan's from, from Marknology. He knows everything. He really does. So, you know, Amazon, and then once again, in a surprise fourth place finish, how about Facebook? Is it really a search engine? It is. If you put something in the search bar and you search for it, but I'm like searching for my mom or something. Though. Yeah. But you, you know, you I mean, here's the thing, I guess for pages, look, we're just talking about things that people enter terms yeah. in and hit search. Yeah. So number five, oh wow. There it is. Bang. I uh, do you ever use bang only when it's the default that shows up on a new windows computer. <laughs> like when you open your new computer yeah. and it opens internet explorer, cause that, there's not another option and happened, you're trying to find Google Chrome. That happened before I would just walked in here to do this because I was logging into a server, a windows server and you, that's yeah. what's installed. Internet explorer. So, here comes Bing. It's, it's pretty funny because you know, like I don't even ever consider it. And, and it's funny because this list that I'm going through has got seven people on it. And, uh, 
you know, we'll get into that. Well, all right. So number six, something that most people have probably not heard of, but is a pretty big deal on the other side of the world. Baidu. Does Alibaba have a search engine too, or they're just more the e-commerce side of it? They have a search engine, but in this particular, in my my research, which I did do on Google, by the way, <laughs> did, did not, I was trying to find something relevant because, you know, these things change a lot um, because, you know, at one point Google was, was uh, 50% and then Yahoo and Bing split right. the other 50. And I don't even think it's close anymore. Um, Cause you know, so we haven't, we finally mentioned Bing, but uh, Baidu is like uh, Chinese Google. Yep. It's just the big search engine in, in China. Now I visited it and I had to hit the page translate button. So I didn't really get it. Um, and then the next one, I also on the other side of the world, Yandex. Was that Russia? I don't even know, man. By the time I'd gotten down there, I'd already found so many answers I needed. I wasn't really much of a buyer at that point. So, well, where's AOL in this whole thing? Well, let's talk about the uh, <laughs> let's talk about the horses that you know. It's if you if you go to the horse track, they'll uh, oftentimes mention say also ran AOL AOL keyword. It would be also Yahoo, ran Yahoo, which was very prevalent at one point. That's what I used to use AOL, which I was at my dad's house the other day. Now I want to point out he's seventy six and he was searching away in AOL, baby. It was doing. I still it. love it when I run to people and they have an AOL email address. Yeah, that's my dad. I like, want to email Whoa. him. I had a guy give me a, last year at, at Global Entrepreneurship Week. I told you that after my presentation, I had uh, by the third night, I had some people waiting to give me their business plans, and I had a dude I had one dude give me one with a Yahoo email on it, and the other guy had an AOL, and that just screamed cutting edge to me on both of them. So anyway, don't do that if you're trying to solicit really anybody. Um, how about ask.com? Remember that? Barely. Yeah, I know. I, I don't, mean, it's hard to remember Jeeves at this point. Was that, is that all? That was Ask Jeeves, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. wow. What else was out there that, that we forgot about? It was like Alta Vista. Oh, right. Um, they used to, when I lived in Indianapolis and there was a company there that they had that was called Cha Cha. <laughs> and you could text them, you could ask them, and they were trying to build a search engine out of that. Um, that was more so fun. Because you could ask it really stupid questions. So, so speaking of search, I mean, one of the big things we did on Stackify's website was actually uh, using like a really good search engine inside your own site, site right? Like yeah. we just launched our new doc site, and so if you go to docs.stackify.com now, you can do a search, and it's like really like instant, real time. Like as you type, shows the search results. Um, we did that on our blog too, so people could find more of our blog posts, find more of our docs, find what they were looking for. And well, I, I think I showed you the version that's. A, I mean, we'll go ahead and mention it in Gigabook, mm-hmm. the search, the little setting search engine. Yes, yeah, that we had just put in there, and you know that Gigab- about making it easy to find stuff. Yeah, and that was, I mean, and that's so that was such a big thing um, for us to come out with. You know, there's so many different little things that you can utilize there. So we actually made that. Um, a button that you can click and it kind of just, you know, pops up a modal and there's, it makes it, it just meant to help you find the settings and the, and the stuff that you need and also to present options for you that you didn't know might exist. Like WordPress's built in search is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So we use like a service called like, I think it's Algolia. You know what? I, it's so. funny. I saw an ad for that on Facebook, and I was checking it out, and that was like a that was a search That's plugin what we use, that you can put in there. And, it works great. But why is that stuff? Why why is that hard to build? And why you know 
when you use Google and you misspell something and it's like showing results yeah. for what this really is, dumbass. Um, that's kind of the yeah, WordPress doesn't do that because it's because it hasn't been built to be no. smart enough to understand. There's that, a plugin for that that people don't know how to spell. No. Yep. Um, so whatever. But well, I think the list of the most uh, popular search engines and our lack of interest in spots seven, eight, nine, and ten do kind of demonstrate why being at the top is important. I'm telling you, Pornhub was probably in there somewhere, but they left it out because like 80 percent of the internet is porn. By the way, it really is. Yeah. Is that the, that? And that's is that even it's an the, official statistic? Yeah, that it's 80 yes, percent or 80 yeah. percent of people using the internet are watching porn. Both. Okay, well, now that I know what you've got on your mind, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I'll see you next episode, Matt. <laughs> okay. I got a lot of stuff to work on. I got a lot of SEO to get after. All right, here. let's go do it. We got to get that full-scale website ranking. No doubt. I'll see you next time. Matt. All right, see you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.